You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Good Monday, Jay. I don't know if it's a good Monday. <laughs> Let me say this to you. A lot of things going on, and some of them not so good. I was going to say to you, I hope your heart's good because it, it seems like every other day you get it gets stepped on. You know, for some it, reason, it, you're 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 hundred percent correct. And there's stuff. I mean, we're. I mean, there's stuff that there's some news that's minutes old. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a thing. You know, it's one of those days where things are looking a little grim, but you know, maybe. Tomorrow it'll look better. I don't well, know. I, I don't know because the, it's trending down. It's trending now. down. And it's been trending down for a while. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about all the information that we're getting. Right. And it's not a good thing. You know, last maybe two or three weeks, it, it was about a month ago, it looked pretty good. Right. We were in good shape. We were okay. headed in the right direction. Right. And then that two weeks ago, it was like, oh, get the two by four. Let's hit Steve and Jake <laughs> across the head and everybody involved in sports. Boom. Uh, U of A, everybody. Because now it's just like get the other two by four and chop them at the knees. I know, I know. We just keep getting our necks stepped on, and well, go ahead and talk about the the recent information. Well, the, we just got we just got a, a statement from from the U of A athletic department um, through through Matt Ensor, the uh, the uh, sports information director, that um, they're gonna they're gonna stop bringing players to campus. Uh, they're gonna put that on pause right now, in light of the the uh, governor's uh, exec, executive order that was issued a little earlier today um and so uh, we in fact we just spoke to dave hickey the athletic director just a couple of minutes ago um for and, clarification for clarification and and what's happening is they're gonna they've been bringing athletes on campus there's there are 83 athletes all football players on campus who have been working out um, there's been one positive. I'm, I'm test, glad they mentioned that. Which we're yes, we're happy to hear that yeah, because yeah. you know we were we were under the uh, we had the expectation that they weren't going to tell, so they did. Yeah, that's good. So that's a good thing, and it's only one, so that's a that's good, good thing, thing right? And that again, that gets back to what we've said, been saying for a while that with what Arizona's doing with its reentry plan, they seem to have things in order, right? But, the, the news is that they're going to stop bringing players on campus for uh, until they get some more clarification from the governor. But the athletes who are here, who are already on campus and are working out, are going to be able to continue to stay on campus and work out. So it's not all bad. No, no, no. It's not all bad. Uh, it depends what your bad is. But uh, right. it's, uh, here we are almost to July. We got about another month when they really have to come and say we're going to do this or not. Right. A little less than a month. Uh, the, the magic date is July 24th because classes are supposed to start on August 24th. And the, 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 the reentry task force has said that 30 days out, they got to make the decision as to whether or not they're going to be on campus classes. And going back to the very beginning, when the when the reentry task force began, they said that if they can't have classes, students on campus for classes, even if it's in a modified, right. what, or what they're calling a hybrid, like twenty percent, thirty percent, you know, a percentage of mm -hmm. students and a percentage of classes, that if they can't have any students on class on campus, 
they can't have athletes on campus and therefore we can't have sports. And uh, we were talking before this and it just, oh man. We're, we're under 30 days yeah. for, that, for that decision to be made. And all these bad numbers that we're seeing has to turn around in, a, in a two or three weeks. It's got to turn around fast. We're, you know, we're actually what, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're less than four weeks away from, from, uh, from, July twenty fourth. Right. Even before we got this email, we were, we're just talking over about four it. weeks away. Excuse me, just uh, just under a month. Even before we got this email, we were talking about. Okay, my prediction is, and it's been kind of this way that it's going to be a truncated schedule, that no no um, uh, no conference non conference games will be played, and they'll play conference games. Right. You know, we can. We, I mean, we can sit here and guess and guess and sure, guess and sure. guess, and mm-hmm. it's going to change every day. From where I sit today, I'm thinking. The college football season isn't going to start on time. Right. That's that's my mm-hmm. that's where I sit today. Five days ago, that's not <laughs> that's not where I was. You know, a, a week ago, I was thinking we're going to have, you know, we're going to have game. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going the season's going to start on time. You know, I I can't I, I just don't believe that anymore. Right. Right. But you know, I think that that they're still going to try and figure out a way to get students on campus. Uh, throughout the country so that they can start the season but I believe it's going to go late and I'm my you know if you were if I were to have to make a call right now I w- I'm going to say we're going to have a nine game Oh, you're season, gracious. Conference, conference season. That's yeah, it. You're gracious because you know, I'm not going. Not that even many. a full round robin of games. Yeah, no, you know, you're not going to play if you're a twelve a twelve team conference. You're not going to play eleven games. You're going to play nine. You're and, you're you're more of an optimist than I thought because well, I'm looking six or seven. Well, again, I'm you know I'm I'm protecting the six <laughs> and six thing. That's <laughs> true. That's true. No, but, but I you know it's going to be very difficult. Let me see the worst case scenario is no season, and then who knows how this is going to go. Well, again, if they don't if they don't get students on campus by July, if they by July 24th don't know that they can have students on campus, football season's off. Yeah, all all the fall sports are off. Right. Right. It's not good. It's not good. And I don't know if you saw a report on 24-7 over the weekend. Again, I don't think I sent it to you. You sent me I one. I didn't see it. Uh, where it, it sources say, higher up sources, if it's accurate, talks about it's it's not good and it's not likely. And, and you're talking about the Pac-12, where the higher ups are saying there's a lot of work to be done. There's and we know that. Of, right. We got a long way to go. And, you know, and the problem is that we went in the wrong direction over yeah, the last 30 yeah, days. Yeah. And that's our fault. It, no, when no I question. say it's our fault, it's, it's it's the fault of the decision makers who didn't stick to what we were doing as this thing was getting better. We let it open up, and here we are. Well, it's a perfect storm. So many things. But Tommy, did you want to say something? Uh, well, I, I can always say something. <laughs> yeah, look, as, as Steve, you know, since the beginning of, of this whole thing, I've been on record as saying once we realized how serious it was, and I think some people are still waking up to how serious it is, that in North America, I don't think any teams, college or pro, should play for the remainder of this calendar year until we get a better handle on this. That was predicted, too, back in the day. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's, but So this doesn't surprise me, but at least I guess I'm actually taking a little heart right now that leagues are starting to say, we really need to, to make sure if we are going to proceed, because a lot of them will, that they need to make sure they're doing it as safely as possible. Right. Nothing's 100%. Right but as safely as they can. Before we went to Tom real quick, everything happened and it was a perfect storm. George Floyd was was right. killed. We had the riots, which we didn't need. 
right. uh, for for obvious reasons right. in terms of uh, people gathering. Right. The protests continued. Right. It was a uh, crazy. The Just craziness so much ensued. Stuff happened. Right in this short window of six weeks or whatever it was, and now here we are. Here we are. And and I don't know if it's going to get any better because you still have people saying, "I don't believe," and other people say, "Please believe." And we still have protests to do. Right. And there's still a lot going on. And so I, I don't know. But, you know, there, there, there's still a lot, you know, a lot to happen. There's a lot to discuss and a lot, you know, a lot that we can we can cover. But uh, <clears throat> we should mention that we do have a great guest coming on today. Yes. We've got Ernie McRae, who is uh, it's presumably it's, it's known that he's he's going to be honored uh, to, to be put in the ring of honor at McHale Center. Although, again, in, in talk, we just talked to Dave Heakey a few minutes ago and it's it's a process that's still ongoing so Ernie actually hasn't been officially notified by the U of A but Dave told us it's and in the process. that he's in. It's just a matter of them going through their formal process they have to go through. So we'll talk to Ernie about that and I'm sure about a whole lot of other stuff. Let's do that after the break. Thanks Tom for the music. Here we go. These days, most families are concerned with having the right insurance coverage. Protecting your family, home, auto, and other valuable possessions can be challenging and sometimes expensive. Crest Insurance gives you flexible options and solutions while saving you money. Insurance is not one size fits all, and at Crest, we find the coverage that's best for you and your family. Visit us online at www.crestins.com or call us toll-free at 888-881-5765. There's a place in our house. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Iron the Ball here on 10 Through the Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. And now we have Mr. Ernie McRae, Mr. Esteemed Ernie McRae. How are you, Ernie? Okay, how are you, Steve? Great to have you. It's been a while. I was looking back. I think you were on my show about 18 months ago when I first started. And uh, Jay and I thought, let's get him back on. A lot of things going on in your life. Nice, good things. Hey, I mean, and it came all of a sudden, that whole ring (laughs) of honor thing. It was something I had never... Well, I almost say I never thought about it, but it, it wasn't something weighing on my mind, but it's quite an honor. Well, Ernie, this is Jay Gonzalez, and it's a pleasure to, to talk to you and sort of meet you. I guess this is how we meet people anymore anyways, not right now, right? So, That's uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we just talked to Dave Heakey and, and you know, the this whole thing with the Ring of Honor, it is definitely happening. They've got a process they're going through. He, he called to let us know that, you know, he knows that you haven't officially been notified of this, so word just got out, but, you know, apparently it got to you. So, you know, what, what do you think? right now about about this honor i think it's uh well i think i deserve it for one thing but uh it hasn't been something that i've thought about and it is indeed an honor i grew up in tucson and you know i've been a wildcat fan all my life and my mother was big time also i grew up on the campus practically my mother would take me for concerts and forums and sporting events so it's really Something I remember when I first saw the Ring of Honor, my first thought was, how am I not in that ring? <laughs> and then somebody 
was passing by, you know, in the crowd and said, hey, Ernie, you're the man, you're the real thing. So, and that made me feel pretty good. And I didn't think any more uh, <laughs> of the Ring of Honor. It. Right. And it was one of those things I wasn't going to call anybody and say, why, you know, how come I'm not there? But, and, but my take on it, the, the reason I wasn't there and the reason I was late into the Hall of Fame, I think people tend to not think historically. Um, you know, with the Hall of Fame, I thought that I, I probably would have been one of the early people in, inducted. But, you know, people that start these things, they think about who's playing, you know, great ball at that particular time, and I under, understand that fully, but well, I have no complaints. What are your uh, great things of claim to fame? Uh, was that night on, I think it was uh, February of 1960, 46 uh-huh. points on that night. In fact, we've done some chap- chapters in the books that I've written on you. We've talked uh, at length about it. That day was just unusual for you, and you came in and scored 46 points, and it's something that's held strong for all this time. I'm sure oh. you're, you're surprised about that. Oh, I'm very surprised. I thought it would be broken much earlier. But what happened, um, you know, the the great teams came in and they didn't really need anybody to score like that. You know, when I was playing, the team kind of went according to how I went and, and we didn't do too well. But, you know, with all the great players they've had now, but still, even if you've got great teams, somebody can get on fire and score. I remember, uh, what's his name, Jared uh, Bayless. Mm-hmm. I remember a few years ago I was watching a, a game and he he was scoring like crazy in the first half. And I remember calling my wife. I said, hey, come in here. I think I'm going to see my record being broken. And at those moments, I wanted it to be broken because it was a nationally televised game. And I figured I'd hear my name, you know, somebody would be looking at, let's see what the records are. Yeah, so I'm Ernie McCray, whoever he is, you know, scored 46 points. But Well, the closest that came that was at the game, I think Stanford does, Damon Stoudemire, 45 right, points. 45 points, Damon yeah. Stoudemire. Yes. <clears throat> well, Ernie, when you think of, again, you, you sort of mentioned it a minute ago, I mean, when you think of the great players that have come through the program and the number of NBA players and, you know, Damon Stoudemire and, you know, Sean, Sean Elliott, you know, uh, you know, guys like Khalid Reeves who, you know, Khalid Reeves, I'll, I'll, I'll go to my grave believing that guy could have scored anytime he got the ball. Right. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, guys like that. Uh, you, you, you mentioned Jared Bayless and, you know, then other guys like Bob Elliott. I mean, for that record to stand for 60 years now, I mean, holy cow. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. And one thing I appreciate about it, because I, I love the university and I, and I love being attached to it, is that what it's done is it's kept my name up there with Sean Elliott and Eagle Dollar and Buttinger and, you know, and Walton and, and these guys. And, and, that's, and that's an honor because I love all of them. I, I see them as grandsons and great-grandsons, you know, in the, in the program. Uh, and, but again, historically, people don't realize, you know, there have been some great players before me in the 40s and 50s, early 50s, I'd go to games with Roger Johnson was about yeah. as good as anybody. Link Richmond. Link Richmond. Camerys and those guys were really great players, and some of them should be uh, mentioned, too. History is important, and I'm thinking we, 
we're seeing that in our world right now. You yeah, know, the, yeah. With all the things that are going on, uh, you know, with Black Lives Matter and stuff, and and people are talking historically now, and because things that happened today had a, a beginning. You know, someone had an idea long ago, and things come to fruition over time. But but that's just me, you know, college graduate. Along along those lines, for the forty six points are very important to you, obviously, or very apparently. But also, you're the first African American basketball player uh, to graduate from the basketball program at U of A. That's right. Haiti Red was before me, but he didn't uh, graduate. I think he graduated from somewhere eventually because he went on and had a tremendous yeah. uh, career with the San Francisco Police Department. Police Department, mm-hmm. and I saw him play well in high school and in college and. He was something else, Haiti. So, Ernie, you you went into teaching. What 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 led you to that? I mean, did, is that uh, it was sort of a natural thing for you? I mean, why did you want to be a teacher? It was a very natural thing for me. I I wanted to teach after my first day in kindergarten. Wow! I I remember that. You know, as much as you can formulate, you know, an idea, you know, in a five year old mind, but. I was so disappointed. I remember my friends and I, we went to school that day. You know, we were all excited. We're going to school. And at the end of the day, some of them that I walked with were were crying. I happened to be labeled smart and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I got in with the teachers right away. And I spent my whole time in school, elementary, junior high, high school, and college, pretty much evaluating lessons. You know, I do I would think, oh, man, if, if this teacher would have tried this or that, that could have been a lot of fun. I always thought learning could be fun. And and when I taught and as a principal, I tried to bring as much fun to a school as, as I could because I'm excited about learning, and I think that's an important thing for an educator. You have to, first of all, be turned on to educa- education yourself if you're going to you know influence somebody and help somebody to learn. So. I'm sure, I, I had a wonderful career. I'm sure that uh, because you're in education, you still have a lot to deal with. I think you're doing a lot of writing uh, engagements or whatever. You're 82 years old. You sound like you're 66 and, and probably in great health. So far. Can, <laughs> can you still dunk? Right now, you know, I'm dodging that. You know, I'm doing my best moves against COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> the dribble drive. Can, the dribble can, drive. can you still get up really? and dunk, Ernie? I, you know, I, I got to you know, because I've never been able to dunk. Can you can you get up there? <laughs> well, I I stopped dunking at about age sixty. Wow. I, I remember I was out with I think a couple of my grandsons or something, and I went up to dunk. We were just farting around, you know, playing horse and stuff. And I and I went up to dunk, and I didn't quite do it. And I went, hmm, I guess I didn't jump hard enough. And then I went to jump again, and I couldn't do it. And that's when you start noticing aging. You know, before then, I hadn't thought that much about aging. Then all of a sudden, you something that you could once do with ease you can no longer do i probably could have trained and been able to do it but you know what would have been the purpose of, of that well, well well ernie i'm i'm 60 right now and there are some days that i can't even get off the couch so the <laughs> fact that you could almost dunk is really good <laughs> so you're keeping your time busy uh, we can talk about the black lives matter you brought it up uh what do people not know about ernie uh, that would help us understand maybe because you you do a lot of advocating 
Oh yeah, I'm a I'm an activist to this day. Uh, I've always I grew up. Um, well, this people don't know much about my childhood. My mother and grandfather were community activists, and uh, I remember going to uh, political barbecues in our neighbor neighborhood. We had a neighbor named Mr. Bobbitt who had this huge backyard, and and I remember. And they would invite like people who were running for sheriff, and they were and they were trying to deduce which one of them would least likely go upside a Negro's head. You know, this type of thing that that was you know basic kind of politics. You know, so all my life, and when I was um, at the U, I was with a group called Students for Equality, and we were trying to end Jim Crow and at the city council meetings and. We didn't do too well there. We had uh, one member of our group who was a communist, and, you know, Americans are always afraid of that. And they weren't even willing to listen to us until we denounced her, you know. And, I mean, who's going to denounce somebody who's advocating for you, you know? But but I've always uh, been an activist in San Diego. I've been involved in a lot of things. there was a Proposition 187 years ago that uh, were, would uh, require principals to get certain information on Latino families, and I wrote a piece saying that I would never do something like that, that these these children and families are, are friends of mine, and, and that got me named a person to watch in the San Diego Magazine or something crazy uh, like that. But... Um, and in, in my work in the school district, when we started integrating schools in San Diego, I was really glad. And I took and I had a, a vital role in that. But I brought up to my colleagues that, you know, our state teachers retirement system had billions of dollars invested in companies doing business in, in South Africa, which represents apartheid, which is the opposite of integration. and. A lot of my colleagues looked at me like I was a shower scene in Psycho. You know, they didn't know what I was. <laughs> so I was always, you know, people would look at me, oh, Ernie, you know, I'd come up with stuff. But but as educators, we're supposed to be on top of things in the world. Um, and and I would always uh, talk about current events with, with students at, at my school, not trying to influence them one way or another, but every now and then, like, during the civil rights movement, you know, I, I'd bring up something to my classes. Ernie, um, let me interrupt you if I can. We're going to take a quick yeah. break here, come back on the other side, talk more about this on the other side here on 1030 The Voice. Okay. Time to update those old kitchen cabinets? Call the Window Depot today. The Window Depot is not only the number one warehouse for windows and doors, we now have a great selection of kitchen and bath cabinets at Tucson's best prices. The Window Depot is Tucson's top spot for granite and quartz countertops to finish the new kitchen or the replacement of that old worn out Formica. So call us today at 290-8545 or 622-6430. The Window Depot, windows, doors, granite, and new kitchens. Hey, welcome back to Why in the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera with Jay Gonzalez, and we're talking to former U of A basketball great Ernie McRae. 
So Ernie, uh, uh, you know, getting back to who, you know where we we're going, you know, the, with the you know athletics, and you know, you were an athlete, you know, all this time, and you know, and then you you talked about how you wanted to be a, a teacher all this time. I mean, as you grew up, and as you even you know, were a, an, a teacher and administrator, how how important do you do you see athletics being to the whole? You know, education piece of it. I mean, it, it, to me, it always seemed they get, they came together. Oh, it, it's very important because uh, I I was a PE major, and some people say, "Oh, couldn't you take a harder subject or something?" It wasn't about that. You know, I I was a jock, and I liked the, the physicality and you know, and the tie into uh, you know uh, our brains. Uh, to me, athletics and arts should pretty much be at the core of, of learning because it gets at who you are. You know, it's uh, you have to dig deep, you know, in the arts to come up with ideas and to express yourself in athletics. You have to, you know, work hard to keep yourself fit. It's a, it's a balanced thing with me. So um, I, th- I think it's very important. Well, well, I believe that everything should be taught. You know, a lot of times people say, well, schools try to do too much. Well, what schools do a lot, they try to take subjects and, and, and allot them so many minutes and this type thing, but, but everything should be fair game in, in a learning in, environment. And some things you don't have to spend that much time on, and then sometimes you might have to, like right now, if I was in, uh, still working in schools, I would be working with kids with uh, improving how they've been feeling, you know, not being in school and having them to paint and write poetry and 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 discuss their world and 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 put it make it tie into whatever the curriculum is, you know, make it relevant. That's that's the whole key. You have to help a learner understand why what you're teaching is important. Along those lines, um, along those lines, Ernie, what's probably the best advice you received when you were younger to make you or help shape who you are? Uh, just growing up in my house, I, I grew up in a, I was loved, and I was listened to. I think that was the big thing. Uh, I was listened to. Uh, I didn't have to leave the house when adults came, you know, unless my mother would say, hey, you know, uh, Lucille and I got a few things we got to talk about. <laughs> but I was uh, I was listened to, and I could, I couldn't sass, but I could argue. You know, I could, mm-hmm. I could debate, um, and and I and I didn't realize how great my upbringing was until you know later when I became an adult. But I, I learned a lot of valuable lessons uh, how to care. Like I remember. Specifically, one time I had a friend I grew up with, a beautiful friend, she's still alive today, who had a skin condition. And one day, kids were just, you know, ragging on her uh, unmercifully. And I went home, told my mom, I said, Mom, you should have been to school. You know, they were just really uh, getting on May Lewis's case and stuff. And she said, What did you do about it? I said, What do you mean? She said, What did you do to stop them? I said, Well, nothing. And then I f- forgot about it. When I came home the next day, the first thing she asked me, you were telling me yesterday about all the teasing that was going on. What did you do to stop? And I said, nothing. She said, you need to do something. And what I did the next day when a couple of people were teasing her, I, I at least, you know, I just came out and I said, come on, guys, leave her alone. Let's go play ball. And I told my mother, you know, that day when I went home, she, 
She asked me, what did I do? I said, well, nothing much. And I told her what I did. She said, well, sometimes that's all you can do. That's the, the most you could do in that situation. That's so perfect. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to change direction here, Ernie. So you are in charge of all basketball, pro basketball, college basketball. You're in charge of all basketball. What's, mm-hmm. what's the first thing you would do uh, to, with with the way things are right now and, and what i'm what i'm going towards is things like one and done you know the the college's relationship with the nba all that type of stuff if you if, if you could make some decision about basketball what would what would you do if you were the basketball czar wow that's a good question nothing i had ever uh, thought about um well i've i i think my thinking is a little different i've I think in in a country that's all about freedom that we should just allow people to go right out of high school if that's what they want to do and they might fail then you know that's up to them but what I would try to do is is uh maybe if a if a kid is going to go to college to make them dedicate at least maybe 2 years you know that's kind of out of fairness to the institution you know and and I noticed that a lot of the, the complaints about Sean Miller's, you know, he gets all these one and done and they never get to the final four and, and, and all that. And they should try other approaches to recruiting. And I would try to sit everybody down, the NCAA and the NBA, and, and, and talk about what's best and and let these kids sell T-shirts. You know? <laughs> that to me has always been... You know, I kind of have mixed feelings about that, you know, that whole thing, giving athletes something. But it would seem like a person ought to get a free trip home to visit their folks or something and be able to uh, sell things. But but I don't put down the degree, you know. That's, that's the most valuable thing you can get out of the, the whole thing, you know, something that can last for life. Uh, and I would try to, I don't know, uh, work on – players intellect i always appreciated phil jackson because he introduces players to books yeah you know, and assign yeah. them books to read that type thing i i'm I, i'm a jock and a and an intellectual I, I believe you have to put it all to together and um, well, it's, that's certainly something that you know that you, you feel like you, you wish there could be more of. I mean, you know, look, they're going to call they're going to call you and I boomers because I'm on, I'm along the same <laughs> lines with you. You know, I I just think that you know g- getting students to you know the the players to if if you want to go out of high school, then go and you're making that choice. And if you fail, that's on you. But like you said, if you're going to go to college and commit to it, and and I, I I'm I'm in total agreement with that. And that's that's what I would do if I was the basketball czar yeah you know and because commitment is something very important you know um but god the money they're offered oh it's just (laughs) crazy i mean it's just unbelievable you know if i had made it to the pros uh matter of fact i had a contract and i didn't sign it because i thought well you know if, if they want me maybe i could get a little more but it was this was with the Cincinnati Royals the same year that Oscar Robinson came out of college. It was something like um it was something like six thousand three hundred dollars or something like that. What would that be today though? That would be pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you do you how do you spend your do you love still miss competing? Do you compete? How do you get through that? No. 
No, I, I, I'm fit. I walk and, and dance, you know, for exercise. But uh, I had a lot of my friends, uh, you know, jock friends who played, you know, in the 70 and over leagues. I kind of stopped competing close to 50 because I assessed myself one day and I thought, I'm in pretty good. You know, I haven't ripped any Achilles tendons or had any, you know, major problems. So maybe I should quit, but but I stay fit. Well, so Ernie, we're you know we're excited for, we're excited for you with this uh, with this honor in the Ring of Honor. I mean, again, when you think about the, the the players that have come through, so as you've paid attention to Arizona basketball over the years, what are you know what are some of your highlights? You know, and and how the game has you know from where it was where you played to what it is today i mean what are the things that, that you enjoy about the game now particularly the college game since you were a part of that the physicality i mean i just cannot believe the things these kids could could do that we couldn't do like i can't handle the ball i've seen eight-year-olds walking down the street handling a ball better than i do because you can palm nowadays you know, right. when I was growing up, you had to bounce it straight up and and down. You you know, you could do some behind the back stuff, but not all that through the leg stuff that they do. And and they can kind of travel with the ball. You, you know, if the referees went back in time to my era, we would never get across the half court line. You know, <laughs> <laughs> trying some of this stuff, but I the, the, the physicality, the alley oop, just about every one of them can jump up and, and and throw it down. I think the kids are brighter. I think they understand more what they're doing today. You know, when they interview them, you know, they, they can kind of uh, share what, you know, the, how they were following the coach's advice. And, and the coaching, I think, is just uh, better. Well, things get better over over time uh and i've just been i just overjoyed watching the program grow the year they won i was just i mean i still think about that what would uh today's ernie mccray tell the 16 17 year old 20 year old ernie mccray uh you're on the right track dude <laughs> that's, that's what i would tell him because um um I had a lot of fun. I did a lot of crazy things that, you know, teenagers do, but, but there was a serious side about me. Uh, Tucson High was the greatest of all my schooling. When I went there, I went there. I was always about grades in junior high. When, when I got to Tucson High, I wasn't into grades so much. I mean, I still got good grades. But I had a feeling, especially, you know, with the way race relations were, that if you treated people decently, you would – uh, get that in return, and that's what I learned from my, uh, you know, my classmates at Tucson High. I treated people with a lot of respect, and this becoming a basketball star just came out of nowhere. And I mean, my senior year, I walked down the halls, and people were high fiving, "Hey, way to go, Ernie!" And what a thing for your 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 self esteem, you know. So I'd say you were on the right track, maybe. 
slow down on a couple of things. I mean, hey, my, my brothers and I, we did it. I mean, drinking out of the brown bag, you know, whiteboard and lemon <laughs> juice and, you know, Thunderbird. I mean, we had our little thing. What's the word? Thunderbird. <laughs> right. 30 twice. Who drinks the most? Colored folks, you know. <laughs> the white kids couldn't say that. but you know, Yeah, we, you could, right. We, well, we could, but... <laughs> We really appreciate you coming on. Congratulations. Congratulations, hey, Ernie. And yeah, thanks I'm sure at some point there'll be a big ceremony down here, so I'd love to, you know, come up and, uh, you know, say hi to you and, you know, be honored to We hope there's a season you. for you to do yeah, that. Yeah, right. And hopefully there's a season this year to do it exactly. So, again, oh. we appreciate you coming on and, and joining us today. And I appreciate and love you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks a bunch. That was Ernie McCray, one of the – Former U of A great basketball player. Well, you know what, what a what a great. It's guy. like going to mass. I just, you know, I, you, you love talking to guys like that because yeah. they've they've seen it, they've done yeah. it, and and then that and voice, then the voice, and then they're ready to talk about it. And right, right. a lot to a lot who's, to learn from. Who's guys the guy like that, that played God uh, uh, in uh, like the movies? That voice, uh, not George Burns, but it was the guy. I don't know. Uh, it was he has that. Yeah, you know, but he's got yeah authoritative. Right. Guy. Hey, let's take a quick break here on Ten Through the Voice. Come back. Where you bank really does matter. Hughes Federal Credit Union is proud to be recognized by Forbes as one of Arizona's best credit unions three years in a row. This national recognition highlights our commitment to high-quality products and services, our customer service, digital services, and financial advice. At Hughes Federal Credit Union, we offer low rates on loans, lower fees, and many free services. Make the switch. Join Hughes today. Visit HughesFCU.org best. Certain restrictions apply insured by NCUA. For 70 years, Benjamin Supply has been keeping Tucson flowing. Hygiene is our business. We help you achieve extreme clean. Minimize germ spreading with a hands-free sensor faucet. Forget the paper panic with a washlet seat. And speaking of waterworks, a big thanks to plumbers for their essential efforts during this health crisis. Shop our downtown showroom by appointment. Call us at 777-7000 or see all the products online at BenjaminSupply.com. Thanks to Benjamin Plumbing Supply. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera alongside Jay Gonzalez. These shows go by real fast, especially when you have great guests. They do. They do. They go too fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you there's so much more you want to cover. Um, you know, I, I want to have a, I, I want to talk to Ernie about his neighborhood. He grew up in yeah. the Dunbar Springs neighborhood. And uh, several years ago when I was doing, uh, uh, I was doing some freelance work for the Arizona Daily Star, I did a story about that neighborhood. And the funny where thing. Is it, where is it? it it's, uh, it's what? It's between Stone and Maine north and south of Speedway and there was nothing there probably well and there's this and it's this neighborhood that was basically built on a cemetery that didn't get completely moved and so if you if you if you google my name in Dunbar Spring the story will come up uh-huh. and the, the, the funny thing about that neighborhood is that to this day there are people who like dig in their backyards for planting a tree and? or building a fence and they'll come up and they'll find some they'll hit oh. some bones or something like that and that's where la llorona is that's really where la llorona thing. is there's actually some signage in the neighborhood that says you know this is where the this is where the cemetery was uh, and there's some old stories about that oh, no. if you go back to the history of that neighborhood scary. and it's, it's a fascinating neighborhood it's uh, some great old houses and stuff like that Too over there scary but that's for me. Uh, actually he just pulled it there up there it is uh, uh, tom just pulled it up for us in 2016 yeah so god i can't believe it was that long ago that i did that but but um, fascinating stuff in that in that 
neighborhood, but it was a it was a story about the historic neighborhood and all the things, yeah, and I that knew, and that's where and that's where Ernie McRae grew up. I knew he grew up near U of A. Yeah, I guess back then everything was near everything U of a. was near the yeah. U of A, right? So yeah, it's, it's it's between Stone and Main, south of Speedway. Yeah. Hey, so there continues to be news, and we knew this before the show. Uh, school is going to be delayed two weeks. Right. And the announcement today by by Governor Ducey, they're gonna they're pushing back the start of school to August seventeenth, which for some school districts that's two weeks. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, the AIA has also announced that fall sports, if they have them, mm-hmm. are also going to start later. Now they haven't announced a date yet, but it's going to push everything back. Probably, I'm imagining two weeks, right? Right, right. Well, in fact, maybe we get uh, Dustin Peace in because he had talked about this, maybe uh, tweeted about this a week or so ago. Right. Th- Maybe just no sports yeah, at all. Get a, get, yeah, let's get it. We'll get a high school coach in here and a high school athletic director to talk about, you know, what they're, you know, what's happening on in their world because, mm-hmm. you know, high school sport. I mean, again, we just had the conversation with Ernie about how, you know, sports and education and all that comes together. And I mean, and you know, I, I had. I, I had kids who fortunately liked sports and they all played sports, mm-hmm. and I think it made them better students no and question. it made them better people and you no know, we, we played sports and I yeah, think yeah. I'm a better person for having been involved in sports I've said this before too uh, uh, and we, I played sports like you did uh, I think it helps build team chemistry you know what the you know how to be a better uh, teammate right person in terms of working together to make a right. big finish a goal right uh, it, you know, people say it keeps you out of trouble, but if you're not a trouble guy, you're not going to be in trouble. Right. You just know how to play sports, know how to deal with people, yada yada. Um, but but I think it's very important, no sure. question. You 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 exp- well, you experience things that you might not otherwise experience, True. True. and and you see that in in. I mean, I'm sorry, you see it in kids and you know people who have never played sports and they don't understand or team coached, concepts, be coached, or, or to be coached, and for somebody to tell them here, do it like this, and understand. Understand they're trying to help them. Right, I still have to learn instead that. Instead of just boss them. I no. still have to learn that a little. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what, too? You know, the thing that we had uh, uh, Julius Holt in, uh, I think youth sports are going to get brutalized. Well, every, too. everything just getting hammered. Yeah, because, well, no one knows right now. At least we're knowing more, and it's not a good more. Well, as we get closer to the time that all these sports are supposed to begin, yeah. Things are going in, like we said. Things are going in the wrong direction, right. and we got we got to change that around. And so, yeah, I mean, it's right where we sit today is not we're not in a better place today than we were no. two or three weeks in ago. In fact, do you remember Tom and you? I think you were around uh, Jay, not here, but uh, March. 11th, 12th, whatever day that was, that Tuesday, Wednesday, and we're thinking, oh man, what's going on? Could right. And then we looked at each other like, I can't believe this because it was coming on as we were on the show thinking there's just no way. They have to play the NCAA tournament. They have to do this. They have to do that. And March, what's that, three months? Three months? We haven't gone anywhere except back. Right. We've gone backwards. Since we that got, time. We've gone, back, we've gone backwards. And, and when you think of the magnitude of that announcement when they said they weren't going to play the NCAA tournament. I remember when I saw that the first time I, I saw it on, uh, on, a, on, on Twitter and I thought, nah, right. You know, right, right. and now we're talking about possibly canceling an entire college football season. 
I mean, the, the possibility is there. Well, even let's assume for a second the possibility of them having football, but the crowds being minimal, ten thousand right. or whatever. That's already a devastating blow to the to the right. situation. Well, and I, you know, getting and I want to get to the I wanted to get to this because um, there was a there was a survey done, and John Wilner, our friend mm-hmm. in 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 the Bay Area, did a story on it um, that that came out today that. 2,000 fans, football, college football fans, all over 18, were surveyed. And, you know, this whole idea of are you going to be able to get tickets to go to a game, the gist of the story was there might not be a demand. Right. Because there <laughs> right. people in general were saying, I'm not ready to go. Right. And I don't know if I will go. Right. We talked about that because you you definitely want to go. I, well, yeah, but, you know, it gave me pause. You mm-hmm. know, I'm sitting there thinking. You know, well, they, your mom, you have, you have uh, ramifications. Right. Well, you know, my well, my wife and I just talked about talked about this today, and we, you know, when when I was when I was reading reading the story, and she happened to be sitting there because she's working at home, and we talked about it, and even she said she goes, I don't know that I'm going to be ready to go to Arizona Stadium, mm-hmm. and you know when, she, when it was kind of like the way she said it, I thought. I don't know that I'm going to be ready either. Mm-hmm. I mean, if she doesn't want to go, I mean, what, why would I go if she's concerned that going could possibly be unsafe? Right. So right. why would I go if she thinks it's unsafe? Well, look at now. You have people who are probably going to sue uh, the state or whatever they're going to sue to keep things open, the bars and the restaurants and all that stuff, because they just closed them. Right. Uh, and I know in Texas that's happening. Right. So you have the, the diehard people who, let's keep this open and let's keep going. But... There's some there's some uh, consequences here, right? There are consequences, and 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 again, people have to understand that this is this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> to put it in terms, yes, and it's it's literally dangerous. Yeah, no question. Um, it's yeah. Uh, he, he um, I think we got a call. Yeah, yeah, Gil. We have a caller, Gil. Gil, what what's on your mind? Well, first of all, great interview with Ernie. I think you guys should have him on, gosh, uh, no less than maybe twice a year. What he says, people have to hear. It was it was terrific, and good job in the interview, guys. And Thank you. Also, as far as football season, um, the demise of college football started before COVID-19. I mean, uh, just think that the stands were partially full uh, going last and now with COVID-19, I am not surprised that really an apathetic response to uh, pro sports to college sports, too. Are you a season ticket holder? So they started uh, uh, having the game start at 8.30, and then the games are going. I was a season ticket holder for five years. So would you? what would be your decision? I would not go. I, would, I wasn't going to go even before COVID. I bought my season tickets three or four years. Well, I think you're you're kind of in the same boat as a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a direction that a lot of people are going. I mean, you know, they're, just within my own within my own crowd, people who are just diehard season ticket holders, and we would go to games no matter what. And there, right. as we've gone on, there have been games that, well, I'm not going to go to this one, or I'm not going to go to that one, mm-hmm. you know. 
No. So even when I was going to be out of town for the whole summer or even part of the footballs, I'd still buy my season tickets and give them away just because I wanted to support the team. Right. Uh, that's not the case anymore. It, it, it's not. I, we are. Yeah. I mean, we're heading in that direction. And then with the and then with the great televisions that we have and the coverage yeah. that you get, you know, and they're they're going to be yeah. doing more with that. I mean, I think I think I, I think there's more people heading in your direction than heading in my direction, which is to go no matter what. I agree. Well, great show, guys. Gil, well, thank Gil, you so before much. Before you Gil. go, do you listen often? And uh, thanks for the call. I, I do. Yeah, well, I do. We appreciate that, yeah, Gil. Thank you. Thanks, and call right. again. Yeah, please do. Will do. See you. Uh, good call, Gil. That but but call. I, I, again, you know, Gil. Gil. I think Gil is typical. You oh, know? Yeah, no question. Again, there's so many things that have happened with it. You know, the like you said, the 8:30 starts and the the long games, and then when you've got when you can th- put your feet up on the couch and have the best seat in the house and, and really get a feel for the game, all those things already. Now you throw in, it might even be dangerous for you to go to the stadium and. People, yeah, you know, yeah. people just. You may be go. safe, but doesn't mean other people around right. you are going to be safe. Right. I mean, I. That's the problem. I, 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 again, just today. I mean, I'm kind of rethinking my whole feel for this, and and uh, you know, I, I may not need a ticket. Dave Hickey, I've, never I've, mind. Cancel but Dave, <laughs> Dave Hickey, I want you to know, I've paid for my tickets. I've got them. I'm supporting them, and but you know, and I'm I'm going to go if I can. But you know, I, I think that you know you got to think twice sh- about all this. Stuff. I'm sure, and if we get him on again, I think we'll come on soon. We got to ask him: Are people saying oh, thanks, but no thanks? Yeah, I I I'd, I'd be curious to know. And they're in a tough spot, and you know, and they're I mean, people's livelihoods are at stake with this, including my son who works in the athletic department you know but it's 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 going to be tough let's and also remember that the the people who are paying for those tickets are losing jobs right or less less money for right. their there's, jobs there's less money for those jobs and and it's just you know uh i don't know man it's we started this show on a downbeat we'll end it on a downbeat oh, apparently god you know what i'm gonna go home and I'm just going to throw myself in the room, curl up in the fetal position, and put on an old football game or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens here. It's been a good show today. Thanks, Ernie. All right. Thank, yeah, thank you to Ernie McRae, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Yeah, great. Here on 1030 The Voice.